0: The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today, I can't say his name without laughing because it brings back such good memories, Dr. Mark Goulston the psychiatrist extraordinaire from California, the best-selling author, the man with the podcast, the man with it all, Dr. Mark Goulston, author of Trauma to Triumph. Mark, welcome back.
1: Well, thank you. You know, when you said exploring different brains, I felt sorry for you because you have your work cut out for you today, Hacky.
0: <laughs> but it's always fun. It's great to see you. And I really admire everything you're doing. You know, each time I uh, interview you or we catch up on the phone after that long hiatus of uh, oh, 40, 50 years, um, you're at a new level. You're, you're uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller now with this uh, a book. And uh, why don't you give the audience a proper introduction? Because I'm going to start laughing, Mark. Mac. Now, the reason he's
1: saying Mac, Mac, is because we went to the same medical school, and there was a dean of students that we both loved, and more importantly, he loved both of us. And especially important to me, since this is a different brains uh, program, uh, I think he may have saved my life because something I've talked about in previous programs here is I dropped out of medical school twice, and I think I had untreated depression. And the second time, the school wanted to kind of cut their losses. I, I can't blame them. I don't know that I would have given me a second year off, which is what I asked for. But Dean McNary, who we called Mac, and he called me Mac, 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 uh, he uh, he saw something in me. He saw, some, he saw a future for me that I didn't see, and he went to bat for me. And he stood up for me against the the medical school who basically uh, wanted me to withdraw. I was somehow passing, even though I was depressed. But uh, so they couldn't really kick me out. But, uh, you know, they had they'd given up on me. To be honest, uh, I'd given up on me. But uh, but uh, our dean of students saw something in me that I didn't. And uh, he went to back for me, and I took a second year off. And in that second year, I discovered uh, that i I may not have known a lot about medical facts, but I knew a little bit about empathy, probably because I'd known what it's like to feel really depressed. And then I went back, and I and and I, and I think I may have shared this with you. after I went back to medical school after dropping out two times, I not only finished medical school and finished my psychiatric residency, I went about six years without ever taking a sick day off. I mean, I would see patients with a, you know, I wouldn't see them if I was contagious, but I have 104 fever. I'd be throwing up between the patients, but I was, I had the superstition. Like if I took a day off, I would drop out again. (laughs) And it was a big breakthrough when I said, this is ridiculous, Mark. I mean, you can't move. And I remember, you know, when it was like a revelation to finally take a sick day, you know, after having dropped out twice and gone seven years straight without a sick day, even though I'd been sick. It was kind of crazy.
0: Great. And isn't it ironic as we sit here today in the year 2021 that we're talking about your newest project, Defeating Self-Defeat and I'm getting chills saying this now, but as I heard you recount the story of Dr. McNary, that's what he was helping you do. He was helping you defeat self-defeat. Expound on that. Well, um,
1: Dean McNary or Mac, I'll call him Mac, and he was my first mentor. And I didn't even know what a mentor was. But what happened is he reached out to me because the head of the school uh, sent a note to him saying that they wanted uh, that the head of the school, the dean of the school, who was a good guy, cared, but, you know, cared about finances. And I was kind of a liability. And he sent uh, Mac a note saying, uh, we're going to ask this kid to withdraw. You might want to check, check in with him. Because you know, I think rightly they worried, geez, if he's that low going down for the second time, is he gonna do something? And 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 I and I share this with you because I've had since Mac, I've had eight mentors. They've all died. The last one was Larry King, and I had breakfast with him every day until COVID. He had this little breakfast club in Beverly Hills. He'd had it for like 21 years, and it got the guy out of bed. And there were quirky people at the breakfast table, including me. And I was the last member, which meant that one day a week I'd pay, you know, and the other people would pay the other days. But I'll tell you how you can use mentors. And I wanna get into what one of the ways to get around self-defeating behavior is, uh, one of the reasons we engage in self-defeating behavior is because it makes us feel better for the moment. It feels good to procrastinate initially. Oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be bothered. Push it away. But then, as the deadline comes close, you're going to push yourself into anxiety attacks that you have to do it. And so, all self defeating behavior makes you feel better. Yelling makes you feel better. Having road rage makes you feel better for the moment, but you can destroy your life, not to mention all your credibility. And what I learned through having eight mentors, and it probably took eight mentors for me to learn this lesson, is that one of the ways that I now choose to feel better is uh, when I make a, you know, when I make mistakes, I make mistakes every day. And what I'll do is I'll reach out to one of my dead mentors and instead of beating up on myself, and I'll share with you, I do a lot of, I'm a guest on a lot of podcasts for some reason or other. And, and so I used to call up Mac, but I got a whole slew of people I can call. So lately I've been calling up Larry King. So I was on a podcast, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago and I said, Larry, Larry. And he says, in his Brooklyn accent, you'll do a better job than me. He says, "Mark, Mac, I'm hardly cold now. What is it?
0: What is it already?
1: What are you waking me for? <laughs> I said, Larry, Larry, what? What's going on? even with his Brooklyn accent. And I said, (laughs) I did it again. He said, what? I was on a podcast and I start a story. I don't finish the story. I say, here are the five points you need to remember. I remember three. You know, I'm going all around the uh, whatever. Uh, And he said, Mark, Mark, you woke me for this? Yeah. He said, what would the host think? Oh, the host said they want me back again next week. I said, Mark, Mark, put a sock in it already, will you? Let me go RIP already. It's been a long time. I I had a a few bad years. You were there at breakfast. Okay, let it go. And, And what's interesting now is whenever I make a mistake, I want to beat up on myself, I can select from eight mentors and I really made it concise so I can wake any of them up and they don't have the same voice as Larry, but they all say, Mark, Mark, put a sock in it. And they say it with such love, but I can't believe I just did this again. Mark, 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 mark. You know, it's not the end of the world. Put a sock in it. The key is being able to talk it out. Do you remember when we were in, in uh, preschool? Use your words, and there was a certain uh, rationale to that. Use your words instead of acting out, and and uh, and that seems to seemed uh, to go by the wayside. And uh, actually, I. I uh, 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 I want to share something, sort of a teaser from the uh, the course. So there is a course called "Defeating Self Defeat." If you go to Himalaya.com, uh, and Himalaya is uh, I I keep misspelling it, but it's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A.com forward slash defeat. That'll take you to "Defeating Self Defeat." And if you put the word "defeat," I think all capital letters, in the promo code, you can you can uh, listen to the whole course. Uh, free i think for 14 days or something but but i want to give sort of a teaser because the the first lesson that we talk about is procrastinating and i want to share it with you because i i talk about an example that had to do with being on a radio show years ago so my take on procrastination and and all the stuff is covered in this book that just came out that came out just came out 25 years ago and made it to the wall street journal bestseller list two weeks ago the uh the ebook. go figure
0: get out of your own way mark gulston and philip goldberg and it's on after 25 years of dormancy it's now on the wall street journal bestseller list that's great
1: yeah you know it was what well, was it was the ebook. so uh, uh but but here's the thinking behind it so uh procrastination is something that most people procrastinate about something and what we talked about in it is that uh that people procrastinate not because they're disorganized or lazy we spoke that people procrastinate because they're lonely and people go what does that have to do with it well you know when we're young and we have to do things and we can't stand them we often say to ourselves when i get older uh when i'm an adult I'm not going to do anything I don't want to do. And so we put it off. And and what happens, going back to a little neurochemistry, is is that uh, when we're stressed and we want to avoid it, the stress releases high cortisol, which triggers our amygdala. And so we're all agitated. So we pull away from it and we procrastinate. But my evidence that we can overcome procrastination is... Organizations like AA, why do they stop procrastinating, giving up alcohol? Because they have a community. They talk to each other, they have a fellowship. But I talk about this interesting story. This was some years ago, I think many years ago when the book came out, there was this delightful radio host. And I said, what is something you're procrastinating about? I might ask you, Hacky. we might go through this. I might do it with you because we're friends. It'll be, give us a chance to talk to each other. And I said to her, what are you procrastinating about? She said, everybody says I should write a book. You know, I got a lot of stories. I said, how long have you been procrastinating? She said, I don't know, a year and a half. I said, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. When would be the best time for you to work at your computer? She said, well, seven in the morning. You know, if I wrote for half an hour, I could get it it going. I said, I'm three hours earlier than you. I'm going to call you every morning at seven in the morning. And this uh, this was on her radio show. And I'm gonna call you at four in the morning. I probably won't get back to sleep. And I'm gonna say, get up, go to your computer, turn it on. And then I'm gonna ask you, what question should I ask you that you're gonna answer and start writing for half an hour? So I did this for a month. I took breaks on the weekend. Every morning, four in the morning, and I said, uh, I think her name was Natalie. I said, no, 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 Natalie, it's four in the morning. No, 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 You know, get in front of your computer. And she told her audience, you know, that crazy psychiatrist. I mean, he's calling me every morning. And, and then six months later, she calls me because I just did it for a month. And she says, what's your address? I want to send you the book.
0: Oh, wow. What a great story.
1: But can you see how when we do something with people, what happens uh, a little a little neuroscience is when you're with people and you feel cared about them there's a release of something called oxytocin and one of the things as I mentioned earlier that I'm worried about is that oxytocin is is becoming less and less prominent
0: because people are impatient well also because you can't get it over zoom but you get it with a hug that's right most oxytocin is when I Mother hugs her newborn baby, it goes off the charts, but as much as I like seeing you now, I doubt that I'm making oxytocin if I gave you a hug and said, Mark, great to see you. Well, it's interesting
1: you bring that up because something that I've been doing with organizations and companies, um, and a a friend of mine, I may introduce you to him because he's in Miami, Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's the CEO of Inc Global. And Inc Global publishes 80% of the in-flight magazines, American Way, United, all these things. And they also own most of the TV monitors in airports. Wow. So I occasionally do presentations to his, uh, to his salespeople because they sell advertising. And I remember, and, uh, uh, and Simon Leslie, he's from London and the offices are London, Miami, and Singapore. And so uh, I, did this, uh, I did this Zoom meeting with him, because he's wonderful. He has energy. He pumps them up. He gives them energy. But one of the things that I worry about is that when you have someone who pumps you up, all you need to do is go back, get a lousy email text message, and you deflate. So I- I'm sharing this because it was an example of how to just uh, do oxytocin in a Zoom call. So picture this, there's uh, over a hundred people on the call. So you don't see them all at one screen. You have to flip through them. And I said, I'd like you to think of the worst moment you had in the last week and raise your hand when you're remembering it. And they look at me like deers in the headlights. I said, no, I'm serious. And so one by one, they raise their hands, they raise their hands, they raise their hands. It looks like Hollywood squares with everybody raising their hands. And then I said, in the chat area, Next to your name, I want you to write down one of these words that fits how you felt during that uh, bad time. And the words were anxious, frustrated, angry, depressed, overwhelmed, numb, ashamed, alone, lonely, a bunch of words. And it's initially quiet in the chat area, and then it starts, and then it goes, and then it floods. Jack angry, Nancy, afraid, Uh, Brian, overwhelmed. And then what happens is they start to cry because they're feeling connected to each other. And then I ask them, how many of you felt better because of that? About 70%. How many of you felt worse? Zero. How many of you felt no change? 30%. I said how many of you feel that you're in a group of very special people everybody raises their hand I'd say look you're no more special than you were an hour ago what happened is you shared a special moment and I can say this to you they wouldn't have understood you just you just you just were marinated in oxytocin and you cared about each other and you and you felt compassion towards each other and you didn't feel isolated and alone and afterwards, some uh, people came up to him and said, "That was that was the best exercise we've ever done, you know, to help our culture." So I think it is possible. Yeah, you know, when I see you, we're gonna we're gonna give each other a huge hug, and you're gonna because you're a big guy, you're gonna break my freaking spine, but uh, I'll deal with it. Uh, and uh, um, but That's- I think it's I think it's possible to do more than we think is possible if you're willing uh, to be open.
0: Very well said, very well said. Well, it's uh, a very important concept, you know, and and, uh, socialization is probably the most underrated aspect of health. And I don't mean just mental health. When they did that uh, 75 year longitudinal study at Harvard on, Factors affecting longevity, health, and happiness. They were sure it was going to revolve around cancer and heart disease and diabetes. Not at all. Socialization blew them all out of the water. Those were with with strong social connections, such as, say, a good marriage or very good friendships. 20, 30 years long, <laughs> it was big numbers big numbers. And it's not for psychological reasons. It's because your body, um, who was it at Boston University used to say, God doesn't make junk. Was that Mac? I don't remember. But one of our teachers used to say, God doesn't make junk. In other words, you do the right things. You take care of this machine. Nature will take care of you. And you've just brought up is socialization, they're not being alone, they're having good feelings. And that's why when the papers come out after this pandemic, we're gonna see not just mental health, but all the stuff we have under the different brains roof, the mental health, the neurological Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and the uh, developmental issues. Uh, Asperger's, autism, ADHD, dyslexia, none of these occur in isolation, and you just spoke about the common thread, which is the community of caring individuals.
1: I'll share a, uh, since since you seem to like my little nuggets and my little steps thing, love them, um, love them. Something that uh, we've discovered that helps cultures, and I actually learned it, uh, I think, after we, uh, I, I did that with my friend at, uh, at Inc. Global. Uh, and I, I had forgotten, but I did this after 9-11. There were a lot of organizations and companies and said, you gotta, you gotta come in and do something. We're all a little bit whacked out here. And here's the trifecta. If you want to really build a community The trifecta is vulnerability, courage, and gratitude. Because something, vulnerability, courage, and gratitude. Because what we do, and what we did then, and we're doing now to get past the pandemic and to overcome burnout as best we can, is we have people talk about a time they never thought they would get through, but they did. So a past time they never thought they'd get through, but they did. And a time where someone was really... Uh, instrumental in their getting through it. So for me, obviously, medical school and Dean McNary. And what happens is w- what, what we're seeing is when someone talks about a past incident that they actually got through that they didn't think they'd get through. And when you share that, people hear that. They say, boy, that w- that took a lot of courage to not give up. And then when you talk about gratitude, as I've, had, as I've spoken about Dean McNary, uh, when you have people sharing like that, they bond like crazy, the oxytocin through the roof. And, and and what I've also been suggesting is that yeah, people can share if they're going through a rough time now. The problem is if you're in a, a community setting or you're in a meeting in an organization and someone's going through a rough time right now, you know, uh, it, it's awkward because you have to conduct business. You have to get through an agenda But if someone says, you know, I think one of my kids might be suicidal or my kids in the hospital, you know, it tends to cause everyone to stop whatever they're doing to try to help. So now, now we're not saying ignore that find a place in an organization to get help and talk it through. But if you if you want to start healing in a community way, uh, get together with your people. In your organization, I I would love you to try this with any of your organization or try it at the uh, Hackey Rights, uh, uh, the boys club that you're connected with. Let's try a community thing. See if we can, it'll help us get through it. And you have people share times in their life that they didn't think they'd get through, but they did. So that that taps into the wiring. We're able to make it through tough times. And then also uh, pick a time when someone was helpful to you and then the homework is find that person or their
0: next of kin and thank them. That's great, that's great. We're gonna do that, we're gonna do that. It's a very worthwhile, for lack of a better term, I'll call it exercise, it's a great Uh, thing to do.
1: And if you wanna put the icing on the cake is So if you're listening in and you have an organization or you're related to healthcare and you want to deal with the burnout uh, and let's say you're doing, you know, and let's say you have a few hours or a two and a half hour thing to work on burnout. What you really want to do is go through the sharing part of it and the gratitude part of it at tables, depending, I did it for 150 uh, CEOs in South Bend, Indiana, some years ago uh, after nine 11 and but what, what, we, what we're doing now, imagine this, is when you're feeling grateful towards someone, uh, take out your phone and you're going to do a video thank you. And the thank you has three parts. And we call this a power thank you. And the three parts are, this is what you did. You acknowledge how they went out of their way to help you and they didn't have to. And the third thing is you tell them what it personally meant to you. So if I was speaking to one of Mac's family, and maybe I'll do this, I'll say, you know, maybe you've gotten calls like this and I was just on with, with Hacky Reitman and we both love Mac. Um, you know, your, your dad, your granddad went to bat for me. You know, he took on the medical school because he saw that there was something in me that I didn't see. He didn't have to do that he was a PhD he took on all these MDs and he stood up to them and say we're going to give this guy another chance and I think your dad or your granddad saved my life changed everything and what's great if you can have people send out a video like that I will tell you within a half an hour people will start getting text messages back we did this once and people and, and, and we said interrupt whatever we're talking about if you get a text message back and someone raised their hand and say so and so just texted me or so and so sent me a video and said i just watched your video five times and i can't stop crying so i think there's ways to make connection hacky you know uh, yeah i can't wait to see you get that hug but i think we can be innovative
0: well i stand corrected i'm open-minded and i I think, by the way, that I hope that you're right and that we can all embrace, no pun intended, embrace it because we're not going back to the way things were. It's going to be a hybrid world now. It's going to be a world where a mixture of live encounters and lots of what we're doing right now. And I think it'll be part of humanity's evolution to uh, rewire ourselves, even though, as you point out correctly now, it exists now, even in what we're, we're doing now. Community sharing and empathizing, I guess, is the word as well. Mm-hmm. Um, tell our audience where they can learn more about you and your multiple projects at this time.
1: Well, one thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna try this trick. Did it work? If you look on the screen, you'll see a QR code. Uh, I have a techie who advised me, helped me with this. If you scan that QR code, it'll I think take you to a Safari link and that'll take you to my website. So if you go to mark, it'll take you to markgoulston.com. You'll see my latest blogs. There's something up there about the defeating self-defeat course and other things i'm doing i also have a podcast that hacky was on my wake up call and that seems to be exploding uh, uh and i have some interesting people on i had a fellow named jordan peterson on who people may know of he's this psychologist from canada who's very articulate and uh and today we posted the ceo of the philadelphia 76ers i said hey your episodes up uh, uh the lakers look like they're going to fall apart so i'm going to root for the 76ers good luck today so you can find my wake up call or use that QR code or go to markgulston.com or, or go, and you can go to Amazon, look up my name. You'll see a bunch of my books.
0: Uh, Mark, Mac.
1: <laughs> Hack. Is,
0: is there anything else you'd like to cover we haven't covered today?
1: Um, well, I'll tell you. The, so if you go to the Himalaya course, himalaya.com forward slash defeat, Uh, One of the episodes is called holding on to a grudge. And when you hold on to a grudge, it's like, there's a saying, it's like swallowing poison and wanting the other person to die. And I collect quotes. And, uh, and there's one quote that knocked all the other quotes out. If you're someone who holds a grudge and you want to let go of it, because it's eating you up. It comes from a doctor, Shawnee Duperon, project forgive and she said forgiveness is accepting the apology you will never receive i'll say that again forgiveness is accepting the apology you will never receive and if you can think of the people who you'd like an apology from and if you think about where they were coming from you're going to discover that most of them came from fear and acted up you know, most of them were not evil, bad people. They were frightened people. They acted up. and But if you can, in your mind, accept the apology from them that you'll never receive, and you can do this with people who have died, it'll set you free.
0: That's a good That was worth the price of admission. That was a good one.
1: Just want to squeeze that in. So that's part of the course. So I hope people will check out the course.
0: Well, Dr. Mark Goulston, we've covered a lot of ground. Clinical Assistant Professor of Medicine and Professor of Psychiatry at UCLA's Neurophysical Institute, your new book, Trauma to Triumph, your program on Himalaya, Defeating Self-Defeat, and so many, many other things you got going on it's been a pleasure to have you yet again here at Exploring Different Brains. We hope you'll come back soon. Keep up all the great work with your books, your webinars, your training courses, everything you have going on. Good luck and thank you so much.
1: Thank you. You're not going to be able to keep me away.
0: Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.